What is up, folks? Welcome to another interview episode of the Emulsion Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Justin Kana. I'm very excited today to share this interview that I had when I sat down with my friend, Me Kim of Raised Donuts. Me is obviously a donut lover, but she is a gourmand herself. She is a coffee fanatic. She loves to eat out just as much as I do. <laughs> we actually had a thing a couple of friends and I would do last summer called A Date With Me, where we would actually go out to eat together at cool restaurants here in the city. She is a blast to go out to eat with. So I was obviously excited to get her on the show. She attended pastry school and essentially spent the last 10 years as the pastry chef at Macrina Bakery, which if you know anything about Seattle, operates at kind of an insane scale here in the city. She knows her shit, so I was stoked to sit down with her and discuss not just everything that I've already hyped up about her, but her newest endeavor as well, Raised Donuts. She just signed the lease on her brick and mortar space. We talk a little bit about that, the challenges she's currently facing, specialization, learning how to say yes and no to the right things, work-life balance and travel and what she eats for breakfast. I truly wasn't expecting that part. So enough hype. Go ahead. Just here. Listen to the interview. It's also one of the reasons why uh, I don't, I shy away from drinking is because uh, I heard a quote once and it totally encapsulates it, is that um, drinking is borrowing happiness from tomorrow. Oh, oh shit, that's good. So it's like, you can take as much as you want, but then the next day you're probably going to feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't drink anymore either. And that's that's where I think it comes from. It's not that I don't like the feeling of drinking or I don't like the taste or something like that. It's that like, I don't like feeling like I'm wasting time Mm -hmm. in my life. Because tomorrow it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. some people don't get hungover, but yeah. still, I mean, I'm always like a little hazy. If you had to pick between being uh, immune to jet lag or being immune to being hungover. Oh, jet lag. Really? I've never, do- <laughs> I don't even enjoy drinking. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it doesn't taste good to me. I don't appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I am like super allergic to it. Like, like the yeah, yeah. Hours, so I get super hot, can't breathe. <laughs> my face swells, I think. <laughs> like sometimes I would go to the club, like where, like, I don't know, four or five years ago and I was can't believe you, yeah. Maybe seven years ago. And I would just, like, look at the mirror and be and sweaty. I sweat really easily. So I, like, I look disgusting. Yeah, this is not fun. And you look at some girls that don't sweat. Like, Carmella doesn't mm-hmm. sweat. Carmella's mm-hmm. like, fuck you. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> so funny. What did I write down for questions for you? State of the Union. State of the Union on pastry here in Seattle. It's hard to say. I don't. State of the Union. How do I feel about pastry? see pastries interesting to me because i kind of cut off my interest on certain styles a while ago um i don't know i went through this thing where i was such a foodie like eating out at every restaurant all the time always trying to new a spot and that kind of like just stopped for me like four or five years ago and all i want is like really simple like true to what it is like items so like Mainly food, but even like pastries, I like simple things. I like nothing too crazy, like not like 20 ingredients. Um, so, but I mean, my favorite spots have always been like crumble and flake. I've always been super, I worked with Neil and Emma Straw, so that one was always a fun one. Um, but I mean, most restaurants don't have enough money to put like a lot of energy into their pastries. So, I mean, I always respect them, Eduardo, for having a full pastry team. That's like so rare for a restaurant, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is Eduardo at Solari and June Baby for everybody that doesn't know. I, I get that. I, I hear where you're coming from. And there was that pastry chef that I interviewed in Chicago that said the same thing, where it's like not a lot of chefs are willing to because it's the thing that gets given away first, right? Like it's the thing where it's like you're at the end of this really long 
savory saga. Mm-hmm. It's like, here, I want you to eat this thing. Um, do you get more excited about hearing about a pastry chef at a restaurant or like a new bakery? New bakery. New bakery. Yeah. Because um, that's the star then. Yeah, for me, bakeries, I think bakeries are killing it in Seattle. I mean, there's like a ton of new openings, really talented. Like the Midori Bakery looks amazing. I still haven't been over there, but um, I know that I've met him before and he's, he's amazing. And um, But yeah, just bakeries for me are killing it way more. Um, and just seeing all these new up and coming people that I've been like introduced through just like Instagram and like doing small businesses like lowrider baking mm-hmm. company the cookie company and you've got crystal confections and then you've got like bell's pastries like all of them are just doing their own thing and they started from like nothing so that kind of stuff really impresses me um like deep sea and salt and all those girls um that i've just been like randomly connected with them. Mm-hmm. that's super impressive to me but i love it because they're doing their niche thing right like, they want to do one thing and they want to do it really well right and they are and, and that's so, you too yeah, right? I mean, that's my goal, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spread my wings too far. I just want to, like, focus on the product. Because mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I notice is the bigger you get, like, quality easily goes down. And so I just, that's the one thing I don't ever want to lose, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what route we go, which, who knows? Sure. I mean, I just, I had a, an original vision, and now, like, it's already changing. And, because, um, I mean, first off, I was like, I'm going to do wholesale. Yeah. And I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. But then I thought about, I was like, I don't want to do wholesale. Right. Like, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just the process and thought process is so interesting to me for just all this like you really have to make decisions I think for a little bit when I was just starting this I was like oh I'll kind of let things fall into place but like no man you, you gotta like make you gotta sure drive the ship yeah so I think I finally wrapped my head around all that and um, I, had, I have Eamon which is like an amazing business partner super smart like sees through things really fast um, and analyzes things really well in the same way that, like, I would want to, but it just takes me a lot longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I like that about what's happening in the pastry world right now, more than, um, like, restaurants and all that other stuff, but, and I just like approachable things. Right. The more, I don't know, the more you get older, I'm not that old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just like simple, like, nostalgic stuff. Got so, it. Which is why I've kind of turned around to How does, how does it, um, back to, like, thinking about the, 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 structure of how it feels to go to a place Mm -hmm. what gets you excited about kind of like a new pastry shop experience i guess like do you sit there i'm i'm trying to cross-reference this um me and a couple friends went to rm dessert bar in capitol hill and it was um the food was really mediocre Mm -hmm. like the it was like really basic uh pat sucre tarts with like six different fillings and like a chocolate souffle thing and like things you've seen a million times but the idea of like going there they're open till 3 a.m yeah or like you can go sit hang out have like a bottle of wine and just eat a bunch of different pastries it's like their their tarts aren't cheap either it was like super simple pat sucre tart with a lemon curd inside it's like nine bucks it's like dude like they're they're wanting you to like order one and hang out for a while like do you um think about that at all with your stuff or like get excited about hearing about other places who are like not just come and pick up a pastry and leave but come hang out i love that i mean the pop-ups are one thing that taught me that i really care about experience right so i do want our cafe's not going to have a ton of seating but i want it to be an experience and i want it i mean that's why every pop-up that we planned after like the first couple i really cared about like how's the seating arrangement can people hang out after a while is it going to be like chills is it going to be good music like 
how's the line flow gonna go? You know, we think about every single thing so that the customer experience, even like how fast you go through that line. Like people are okay with waiting in the line, but once they get their donuts, they don't wanna wait to check out. Like just uh -huh. the mental game changes. And so I noticed that after like the third one and I was like, all right guys, the boxes. We had too many boxers that day. So everyone was getting all their donuts boxed super fast, but then Kelly was like backed up on the cash register just because it takes a little bit, you know? And so, um, so that was interesting. Yeah. So for me, I still want to always put that part of the experience first, um, but also the product has to match. My thing is, it, you run into a lot of places that are really cool spaces and so cool to hang out, but the product is just like not that exciting. Mm -hmm. And I, that's not me like shitting on anything one or anyone's like work, but I guess it's like, it's just like, what do you care about more? But I want both. Like, I want to provide that kind of experience, but also like make sure the product like matches up. It's like Instagram. There's so many like new fun things that are getting grammed and regrammed, and but you taste it. Is it good? Sure. I don't know. And I, I, I'm like told I'm one of those people that like, I'll go and I'll look up stuff on Instagram and I'll go to that city and I'll get it and I'll take like one bite, you know. And I'm, I'm happy doing that. Like I like doing that, but it's. It's rare that I'm like, I don't eat the whole thing, you know, and it's not that I'm even that picky, it's just, sometimes it is just for the look. Sure. It's just for, it's just for the brand. Sure. Do you think maybe, so I'm going to ask two questions now. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you think that part of that is that it's easy to design a space because you only have to do it once? Yeah. And then it's really hard to execute on food day after day after day, like consistency? Yeah, because, I mean, that's the biggest, you, you understand. Totally. Consistency is huge and, um, and like staffing and like getting people that care enough about your like product to do it right. So that's a big deal. Um, but yeah, it is really easy to like know what people like and what you want to put in your cafe. So that's obviously, yeah, I think it's the easiest part, but I don't know, like it's, it's just an interesting world. But also it's funny because pricing is so important to me too. Like I don't want to like take people's money if it's not necessary. I think there was conversations before about like, me Kim, you should do a $10 donut or like be the next $100 donut in Seattle. Like New York has a $100 donut that's covered in gold leaf. And <laughs> I was like, I like, I get what you're saying. I like that like, you know, there's like different ranges you could go. Sure. You can market things differently. I think all that stuff is so interesting because it really, it, yeah, it's funny how people's minds mm -hmm. work. Like scarcity is so important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But, that's kind of what our business model is built off right. scarcity, but um, but I don't want to do it unless it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that Patsu Craig really worth sure. nine dollars? Sure. Maybe because you have to pay. I get it. You're paying their rent, right? Yeah, like that's what you're, you're paying, paying for. You're mm -hmm. not paying for that product anymore. Totally. I've never wanted to be like a five dollar donut. Like, yeah, we're at mm. three three fifty right now, and like, yeah, I know inflation is going to happen. Our our like minimums and not minimums, but you know our. Our stuff's gonna change over time, uh, but I just would that it just has to make sense, and I have to feel justified in like doing that. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna, yeah, I could charge five dollars for a donut, but I'm not gonna because I want to be approachable for all ranges. Right, right. right. So. Uh, I went on a rant a couple ep like it was one of my first episodes of the show mm -hmm. about like what you said earlier about those people that. Uh, because uh, Eater did an article about Instagram food mm -hmm. and I was like there's people who will stand in line forever take a photo of the food sometimes they don't even eat it they just, they just want the photo yeah, exactly. and then they like take the bite and it's like you said you'll do that well you'll like go to eat it and just taste it because you have a bunch of other things on your list I get that I've done that before where it's like I'll go to a place 
and it's like I'll order like the smallest thing I can just to, just to you know like you'll go sit at the bar and order some appetizers. Yeah. Would you be hurt if you saw someone like order a box full of your donuts and you see like one bite out of each one and then the box is in the trash? Like does that piss you <laughs> off? Like <laughs> when it comes to your product is it yeah. different? Like because of course um, that's a difference of the art form, right? Like you can go to a museum and see like 600 pieces and walk away. But uh, with food, it's like we only have so much room in our exactly. stomach, right? So in that case, I mean, I would hope at least that they would try it. Because I get that. Yeah, say you came to Seattle and you wanted to get the whole dozen of donuts and, you know. I, my only thing would be like, don't throw it away. Like, give it to someone. Yeah. Like, share, share the love. Yeah, Spread I'm the just love. throwing away food, honestly. Because, like, working in food industry is just mm-hmm. a part of it. And it sucks. But what can we do? Mm-hmm. We don't want to get sued. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So... But, I mean, if, yeah, if they're perfectly fine, like, just give them to someone else. Like, mm. you know, give them to someone else in line. Give right. Them, you know, maybe people are weird about taking bites out of things, but... Cut, cut, cut it, cut it into, like, four pieces, take yeah. your quarter, exactly. and then spread the love. Yeah, so I'm here for that sense. Like, anytime, like, when I go to SF, I love going to bakeries and just, like, buying a ton of products. And, like, take, and I'll usually take a good photo and then, like, maybe eat one of them. And then I'll usually take it to my friends I'm staying. Right. And then sharing it with them. Got know? it. That's my usual, like, MO on, like, cool. that over... Respect. Because yeah, I can't just go into a shop and get one thing. That's just, like, not... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter where I go. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I need at least a box of things. <laughs> People are like, man, you, like, spend so much money on this and you don't even eat it. I'm like, yeah, but it's not about that. One, it's, like, supporting them. Yeah. Two, it's, like, like, yeah, the experience. And then I get to share it with people. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like Totally. I don't like. <laughs> totally. Um, we've gotten a little bit into it, but um, I don't want to talk about like what raised donuts is because we I've done the whole video on that already. But um, I feel like this is a really rare moment because it's like you're so in it, right? Like you're you're still doing pop ups. You just signed the lease on a brick and mortar, and it's like this is like a rare moment, right? Like you're you the um, the next conversation we'll have is like. Extra locations expanding like this is the first. Uh, I'd like to know, especially as someone who's doing my own pop-ups, what you've learned through this process and what you're like, what's on the horizon and what you're like nervous about or anxious about or looking forward to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's what's. So I'm a planner. Uh huh. And I think the hardest thing about all this is that you can't plan. So you can plan as much as you want. Like I've done the background work of like, oh, I'm order these equipment. This is where it's gonna go. This is. The timeline. This is when we can insert this and this, and this is when I'm gonna order all that equipment. Cause I like everything to be efficient. Like you could just order everything at once, have it sitting somewhere, but then just kind of ruins the efficiency of like you have to move that stuff around, and you know. So I love that part, but I can't do any of it until all these other pieces happen. Right. <laughs> so even signing, I mean, doing pop-ups and then waiting to sign the lease, like that was the hardest part for me. Was like just waiting and waiting and waiting. And even when we had picked the spot, like the landlord took two months for us to sign it because he like had to buy the town which totally understand but um it's just that waiting game and you have to lose control i mean it was nice because i was used to be a way bigger control freak in the kitchen and um i had to have a grasp on everything and know everything that's happening (laughs) but my cleaner taught me you gotta let that go because once i took over as pastry chef like i had to manage all four stores and so like you never know what's going on in each store you just have to trust your managers right and i ended up being able to like walk in just see what we needed to do and like be able to take over for a little bit um so i think that's kind of helped me lose control on this one a little bit mm-hmm. like let, let it go a bit mm-hmm. like i saw this thing on big bang theory with sheldon and i think penny was like i don't know if you watch it mm-hmm. i mean i know i know of all yeah, the characters so the girls, like, yeah yeah trying to help him and she's like sheldon hold this pen 
he holds it out in front of him and he's holding it. She's like, I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so I always do that with my friends. I'm like, whenever they get like flustered, I'm like, just let it go. <laughs> um, it's kind of what I try and go by. And it's crazy because, well, other parts, I'll go back to that, but other parts that have been like, that's a big deal for me, um, the whole losing control part, but you rely on everyone, you have to rely on everyone else, like it's really not, you're not, you're just, you can't, when you're in a broker, when you're dealing brokers, you can't talk to the landlord directly, right, it's just, you have to talk to the brokers, and then that takes time, sure, and then I'm sure there were like frustrations in that process, and um, all that stuff, but overall, like it always ends up getting done, and everyone says, don't say anything until you sign the lease, I definitely Mm -hmm. said stuff before I (laughs) (laughs) and even then, like before we signed the lease, we thought the permitting was correct, and then even went and saw this sheet that said it wasn't. So he spent four hours in the office, up in the Seattle office, and trying to get an answer. And it went back and forth between like different people. And so someone told me it's like kind of like judging, where like one person could feel this way and it could be said, or another judge could feel this way. So like you're really kind of at the hands of them. Like there's rules, but they're interpreted differently. So we finally got the okay that it was actually permitted for food use. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you run into like the architect saying. <laughs> that the bathroom is, you know, maybe not ADA okay. Right. And I'm like, well, shit, we have to take out a walk. Uh, and I'm like, that wasn't, then you have to get more permanent. Like, the permitting thing really, like, throws me because it's not like everything is, I think Seattle's, like, government does a decent job of trying to give you all the information at once, but there's so many things you have to reach out to hmm. that need to fall in line with the same, in the same route, but you get answers at different times, and then, like, when you call an electrician and they need approval for things and then sure. Seattle's behind mm. permitting and blah, 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 blah. So, so it's like you can't trust anyone but then no one trusts you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of in a way where I just, I don't know if it's even trust. It's like, how do we even move, like, move? You know, we thought that this spot was going to be a quick turnaround. Now we're, obviously, we knew there were going to be things we run into but I think some, we get scared and we're not even solved, sure for sure everything that we think we need to get done is like really needed and mm. all that stuff right but, I mean <clears throat> that's like the more negative stressful mm-hmm. parts but I mean it hasn't really worn on me yet um, I'm just trying to take it as it comes right um, Eamon's pretty even killed he, uh, so it's nice having him just like oh it's okay we'll figure it out what's the timeline for you guys right now uh, May May yeah I'm really hoping for May because that's I mean we have two months of free round which is nice which mm-hmm. is rare, that's uh, dope yeah, and it shouldn't take more than two months, but it's just all those little pieces that aren't even about us. Like, even could build it out fully. Sure. It's just us waiting on, like, I have to get, like, the permanent food and health food thing done. Yeah. And, like, the coding for the building's correct, but then we didn't anticipate the whole health thing because we just, it never really opened at the restaurant fully, so I didn't realize I needed to do the full runaround. So now it's, like, picking equipment and, like, because I was going to wait to buy things off auction, but now, like, if you need to submit it, it has to be the equipment. And so I'm like, well, okay, that throws our like, budget off a little bit, but it's fine. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. I'm super fortunate that the budget is taken care of, so it doesn't. Um, I'm trying to keep it as low because just smart. But do you uh, have any pop-ups between now and then, or this is kind of like that? That's the focus. <laughs> I'm not debate. It's a focus, but I'm. I just don't want to put. So when we do pop-ups, Eamon has to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's two a.m. for him. He's mm-hmm. got like four other projects going on at the same time. I don't want to like put him in a position to do another pop-up with me. So um, I'm torn because Citizen wants to do another pop-up because they're opening up their patio space again, which I would love to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm still trying to debate if I should even like try and commit. But um, And like maybe find a different kitchen to do it. Right, something, right. You know? I'll figure that out. But. Um, 
right now it's just focusing. <clears throat> when it is mm-hmm. open and ready to go, is the plan to solely focus on that as the solo source of business for you guys? No. Um, Still doing wholesale? No, not wholesale. So uh-huh. Wholesale's completely out. Um, right. I finally told him. <laughs> <laughs> no! Put your foot down. Yeah. Well, he wasn't even against it. He just, we had, in our first talks, that's just always what we talked about. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I don't, don't want to sell a product that we've put all of our energy, same energy into for less. Because um, I think it's worth that amount. Sure. That's the main piece. And I don't know if people are going to follow, no one does, follow my rule of shelf life. Got it. Which is no longer than honestly 68 hours yep so if it's not and people can eat it after they buy it but i want them to receive it within that window my friends always like snap me and it pisses me off because <laughs> they'll like snap me and they'll be like i'm eating a two-day-old donut uh, and i'm like no yeah stop <laughs> I know. but they just do it to like you know mess with me but it's funny mm-hmm. um because i just get riled up but that's the one thing, another thing about wholesale. If we did wholesale, it would have to be that we would make the same amount of donut. We would just get another fryer and more staffing because I don't want to push back the timing on it. Sure. Because the way it works now is like perfect. So we would have to build, I would like have to cost out, oh, how much does it cost to get, to make it worth, how many customers do we, how many donuts do we need mm-hmm. to make this, this and hire another person and whatever to make this worth it for wholesale mm-hmm. and then do it at the exact same time. Right. So that's how we would grow. That's the only way I would like want to but Mm -hmm. at the same time I don't want it to be this widespread thing I learned that like when something's too available for me and this isn't everyone even it's like on the other spectrum he's like we should be open from 7 to 3 and we should have product up until 3 I'm like yeah but not with donuts you can't do that like I can't guarantee that I'm gonna have donuts all the time because one day someone comes and buys four dozen one day people only buy one every time you know so my goal is to sell out every day. I don't care what time it is, um, and I will adjust if it's too early. But you just—it's just like pop-ups. You never know. Like we even sold out every pop-up. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one that we didn't sell out, and I had to like—I gave away like six or seven dozen, and that's fine. I don't care, but because um, it's not about the money for me. But like, you just don't know, and so um, to meet our minimums, when we have rent, we have like bills to pay to me like I've calculated out every single like how many donuts do we need to make every day in order to meet rent and to meet all of our overhead mm. and that's the peace of mind that I want rather um, than having donuts all the way up until three and who knows if yeah we might have to throw some away or yeah mm-hmm. and that's I know I can always give them away but there's only so much you can, you can and sure I mean I just would suck I just don't like the energy put into something that's not being fully like used or right. appreciated I guess. Do you ever think about put uh, incorporating other pastries or products or something like that that don't rely so much on that shorter shelf life whether it's like torn. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I learned about Creano is that logistics are really important and I built raised because I wanted to have a good future life that I could balance, right? A lot of food industry things, there's no balance between life and um, life and work, you mm-hmm. know, and passion. And I know that, like, your job becomes your life. I'm totally prepared for that, but I just want to be smart and set the expectation. I'm doing this because I want to do it, and I want to do it right, and I want to do it my way. It's not about, I can't please everyone. I already know that. I've, I learned that a long time ago. We can't please everyone. And there's already stuff that's come up that I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so if it doesn't work our way, then I don't want to do it. So when it comes to like other products and like vegan I'll never do vegan vegan's just not something I can accommodate right um 
but I mean, I went as far as gluten free, which originally I said I wouldn't, but I mean, it, it just all worked out the way that it was. Yeah, supposed it's to. still true to you. Yeah, right? it is, and that's how I want to do it. And so I'm not gonna say like never, but I just don't foresee. I've been raised simple for one dough or two doughs, maybe three. <laughs> but same process, right? So uh, that's adding like I don't know pastries and stuff. Like I would want to make them myself. I right. don't want to because I mean I know how. So mm-hmm. why would I buy them wholesale? But mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening because I want raised to just be a donut shop. I think a lot of small businesses have to put more in to provide more variety for places, but. And that's another whole other business strategy. And Eamon's kind of more on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you know, you got to build up the revenue and everything. I'm like, yeah, but, like, I think it should just... It's rare that you find things that are just solely one thing. Yeah. And it kind of goes in the line with, like, I love L.A. and, like, K-Town. Because you go to a Korean restaurant there, and you know you get one thing, and it's the best there. They don't fuck with that much other stuff. Like, they do, but, you know, no one really orders other stuff, you know? So, um, that's kind of how... I want to be like Korea, like even Korea, same thing. You go to one strip of stores in the market, all they do is that. And um, it's kind of the feel I want to bring with Rays. I don't want to mess with too much, making training harder, making consistency harder. Like right now, the, the business model is like perfect for me because it's set up, it's easy to train, it's easy to teach, um, and we can create the same positive, like good quality results rather than mixing six of the products in and everything kind of the level going down just because we have to offer all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that because, I mean, it's like I'm, I, I think about a place in town like Il Corbo, right, where they're only open for lunch and they only do pasta and there's always a line. Yep. And they always, like, I don't know if they sell out, but it's like it's always like that, you know, and how, what do you tell yourself when you're, like, having these conversations where it's like, we have to do something else, we have to, like, something, something, we have to do wholesale, we have to make more money, we have to expand? Um, t- talk to me a little bit more about that balance. Like, how do you... Um, I just, I like thinking, it's funny because I'm, like, a super yes person. I'm a Karina, I've always been a yes person, that's what people would always say, like, my managers and everything, like, I will do whatever. And I realized that I was always saying yes to other people, but, like, not to myself, right? So... Finally, when I'm saying yes to myself, it, like, just opened all these other doors, met all these other people, so much support, you know, all that stuff. So, I am, by nature, very much, like, a yes person, and but I feel like now I have to kind of become a no person, but I want to say yes in different ways, so I'm not going to do everything that everyone asked me to do, like, um, but I want to do it in different ways, so, like, I'm not, I don't really want to open another store anytime soon, like, I just want to make sure the first one's set, growing too fast, so, like, how a lot of places fail, and I just want to make sure we're not doing that and spreading ourselves too thin. Um, <laughs> so if we are going to, like, in place of doing another store, right, people always ask that, I just want to keep doing pop-ups. Like, I want to be able to go out to um, Ballard, complete side, other side of Seattle, Magnolia, and just, like, do a pop-up, get people, give people the chance to go there, and if they want to, and experience it. And then if they want to come out to the shop whenever, do a special order, that's great. But we don't have to, like, set up shop there, you know? Like, and we can do that a couple times a month, or we can do it once a month, or it's just, like, a special treat. And I even think about, like, people are like, well, what about other cities? And I'm like, I would pop up in other cities. I don't want to open it in another city. Like, um, not yet. I mean, everything changes, but that's my initial mindset. And I don't want to, I don't really want to oversaturate Seattle. I want it to be a special place to come to, like, that one spot for now. 
you know, you make your way out there. I appreciate that. Central district is Central District isn't super like convenient. You know, there's not a light rails out there. There's not a lot of stuff. But so I appreciate anyone getting out there finding parking. <laughs> you know, it's not paid. So it's only gonna nice. get. It's only gonna get harder though. Exactly. Central District's gonna boom. Yeah, and I mean, it already has started. Like mm-hmm. Taco Chippies is going in. There's already a ton of really cool stuff there. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, so that's. It's so much. I have so much respect for that, right? Like, you look at the people who are really killing it, and that's exactly what they're doing, right? It's like you have, at least I think about the places that I respect a lot that aren't necessarily on the bakery side, but they're. um, I mean, the two places that come to mind is like Bee Patisserie, right? They like started their thing. It's so good, but she's expanding, right? But she she waited until like she took Bee Patisserie just Queenie Mons, and then she added more pastries, and then she expanded. She knocked out the wall and expanded the shop. Yeah. <laughs> and then and only then, when she was booming in that place and it was, like, overflowed, did she start to think about expanding. Yeah. Um, and then I think about, like, Noma has its one location, and it's, like, they do pop-ups in all these other countries, and they're temporary, and they're exclusive, and they're fleeting. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to go away. So you create that necessity, and if that's part of your business model, then that's what it's going to continue to drive. Uh, what, when the business is there uh-huh. and everything's going, what does your ideal day look like? Um, well, I want to be in it, right? So I want to. I know eventually, maybe I'll have to step away a little bit, but I'm gonna. Only way that's gonna happen if it's like, if I can find someone that really wants to do it like I want to. Or not even I want to. It has the same, just work ethic. Work ethic is so hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and it's, I say this a lot, like when I used to interview from a Korean lot, I would say, hey, you know, like there's a lot of misconceptions about pastry and like cooking and baking. Yeah, maybe you're fresh out of school. Maybe you're doing a career change, you don't want to experience. Just, it's not about creativity. I think, um, for me at least, um, it can be in the beginning, especially when you own your own place. But it has to be about the repetition, right? So you have to, you're you're deciding, like, if I could do pop-ups all the time, that'd be cool. It would pay the bills. It's, like, fine. But I do want to open a brick and mortar. But that means I'm going to be in there every single day doing the same damn thing every single day. And I love that. Like, even, like, I was in my paint for 10 years and, kind of nine plus years. And I love opening to this, to this day. And it's the same job. You go in there, you do everything in a procedure. You put out the same product every day and to me that's like the most fulfilling thing yeah sometimes I'll make new things during the day but um and that's nice but that's what you really have to love and you have to love the repetition and so a lot of people will be like oh, I want to create new stuff all the time I'm like no if you create if it's good and you that's awesome like create something new but if it's good you're gonna have to make it a million times and do you want to do that if you do then you're meant for this industry if you don't then like maybe don't go into it you know um, that's the reality of it and people always say like oh you're cooking new things all the time and you're always in this no you know we have a menu you have to stick to it um, so I mean for that that's so that consistent day would then be coming in making the dough or punching them out like frying yeah. them you know and like all of that how I mean I think about like all the other steps involved in that business how do you decide which things to delegate right like the roles yeah (laughs) like um okay so originally when I did this I was like you know I want to be part of every single thing I want to learn the ins and outs of business I want to do this and that and then 
I think Leslie Mackey of Macarena, she actually was talking to me. We were like bagging something together in the kitchen and she was like, Mikim, you are the creative. Just be creative. Just be the creative. She's like, don't try and cover everything. Don't do the accounting. Don't do this. Don't worry about all this stuff. Just do that and you'll be happy. And I, I like sat down. I was like, you know what? She's right. So I already off put all the accounting. I mean, I love keeping track of receipts and everything. It's kind of like a little guilty pleasure of mine. Sounds weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love that stuff. Like, But all the accounting is uh, given off. I mean, the day-to-day for the raised shop doesn't include too much. It's like folding boxes. It's setting up the shop, making glaze, you know, like all that stuff I love doing. So that's fine. It's like the delegating of like kitchen equipment and like um, maintenance and like dealing with, I don't know what else, but we decided recently because Eamon loves to be involved, right? He's not someone that wants to sit back and just like profit. So he was like, you need to give me tasks because after we open, I'm like, what am I here for? You know, I want to be involved. So I was like, okay, well, like, let's talk about like, okay, you can do like, you can take care of all the equipment maintenance. Like, if something goes wrong, they'll call you. They won't call me. Sure. Which is a nice balance. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't need to get a call at 7 a.m. or 3 a.m. or something. I mean, I'll probably be there, but, you know, like, I'm talking future, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, like, I'm okay with delegating that. Also, a big thing with small businesses is everyone picks up their own ingredients. Right? Mm-hmm. So they go out and source everything. Um, you can, there's Costco, Cash and Carry. Yep. Restaurant Depot, all that stuff. I realize I don't, I'm looking at the prices right now. <clears throat> and I don't think it's worth you have to really figure out what you value as your time like how how much is your time worth right so I mean we're smaller so make, but I still want to order through like a purveyor like our our milk our eggs our um, and get deliveries because I'm going to be there anyways I don't need to go out after my shift at 3pm or who knows when and spend 3 hours shopping every other day or one I don't know you could get it to once a week but that's a lot of stuff um, and some people might see that as like, oh, you're like kind of using, that's not really, are you going to meet your bottom like line if that's not really that responsible? But I'm like, no, it makes sense because my time I'm putting into this shop on the parts that matter. And this part to me doesn't matter that much. Like, I don't want to, like, I already do that right now, right? To get this stuff. It takes time. It takes energy. And if I can just sit down and do it in one shot and it all comes to me, then that's kind of how I'm delegating the work for me because I mean I watch Eamon and he still gets he has people he used to do it more so and it goes up and down but he still has to go out and buy every single ingredient for his shops you know I'm like just fucking yeah bring it in yeah knock on my back door exactly right or my front yeah yeah (laughs) exactly so I think that is a big deal um and that's because I watched my parents own a restaurant and that's they did and that's actually the reason why I didn't want to open one ever like, I never wanted to do this until, like, a year or two ago. And I saw how hard they worked every single day. It just enveloped their lives. And I just know that it doesn't have to be like that, right? There's all these things put into place. It helps promote other businesses, too. So I'm all about, yeah, you can spend a little more money. I might not make as much. I'm not a penny pincher. And I never have been. And I use I make money to spend money, right? You work to live. And, um, and so for me, yeah, that stuff is just never... Even in the shop, I don't need to make a ton of money, so I'm not big on growing, honestly. Like, I think they're, we're going to have to make a decision at some point on what route we want to go, and as long as the qualities are all, like, I'd be into it, but it's not about, yeah, it's never been about the money for me. It's just about feeling fulfilled and happy and balanced, you know? So I hope that this can, like, work out in the way that 
I'm hoping for like a future family and life and everything. So it's interesting. I mean, it changes. I mean, I was like, we looked at a spot that was night donuts for a second. And even was looking at me, and I was like, I think we could do it. We could do it. Because like, the spot wanted, like, they mandatory, it was mandatory that you had to be open at night. It was a new most spot. Got it. So it was the Bok Bok spot right now. Mm. So we were kind of looking at it. It had the hood. So I was like, I was so stuck on that fact that we could not find a hood. <laughs> but I took, was willing to take anything. And I thought about it. And I was like, so hyped. And I was like, yeah, it's awesome. It'll be perfect. And then night donuts, people will love it. And then thought about it as we were like kind of getting more serious about it and put the offer in and everything and I was like I don't know if I want to do this anymore and then I was like shit this looks really bad but then it didn't work out anyway so I was like whew yeah yeah <laughs> but that was when I realized like me Kim you gotta like really right keep true to what you think and what you want in life like don't become so don't change everything for other people or like what just out of desperation so I kind of took a step back and I mean even asked me like 12 times are you sure <laughs> night donuts yeah. I mean I know it'll kill it but night donuts are you sure and I was like you're right I'm not even a night person <laughs> <laughs> how do you <clears throat> so this goes back to you talking about being able to work so that you can live mm-hmm. um, and you also want to be involved it's something that I ran into a ton Mm-hmm. where every single time that I wanted to do a dinner, I wanted to make sure that I was hands-on with it all the time mm-hmm. in that very, like, Japanese sushi spot mentality where it's, like, uh, I think about, like, Masa in New York, and it's, mm-hmm. like, if Masa's not going to be there, the restaurant's not open. Oh, yeah. How do you balance that, right? Because it's, like, you maybe want to go to L.A. for a weekend or, like, for a whole week, mm-hmm. and it's, like, you have to leave the shop, but the shop has to be open, how do you feel about like the shop functioning without you there? If you're if you're going to be so involved, mm-hmm. does that ever cross your mind? And oh uh, yeah, I was actually having a conversation with uh, like a restaurant manager recently, one of my friends, and he was saying that you know people ask he's a really well known chef Edward, it's Edward, yeah, so uh-huh. it's June baby, and so he manages June baby, and I was like, um, <laughs> I was kind of talking about that with him, and I was like, well. He's like, you know what? There was one weekend where Chef was gone doing something, and the fried chicken that we're known for is not to par. And he was like, we got to complain about it. And then so um, he had Mike had taken it home, and he tried it. He's like, yeah, it is a little off. So then he talked to Eduardo, and Eduardo was like, see? like, Not see. He trusts his staff. But um, he's like, people always ask me, why don't I open more June babies? We do like three turns in a night for a 60-seater restaurant. Like, that's too, like, so many people. Like, why don't you just open another one so you can, like, make more money? And he's just like, if I'm, like, if I'm not there watching, like, it's just, no, <laughs> you know? Like, things do happen. Things, like, go up. Everyone has different interpretations, right? So, um, yeah, so for me, I mean, I know I'm going to have to step away at some point, and I want to, like, but I would only do it if I felt like, I'm not saying I have unreasonable expectations from someone, but I do have to trust that, like, it's just trying someone out over and over again seeing how my staff is. And sometimes my staff's going to be on point. I could leave for, like, weeks, you know. And then sometimes people leave, and then I think I'm going to have to step back in and come back in and do more. And So in that case, I don't feel, like, worried about it. It's just, um, I know it's going to be up and down. I don't think it's ever going to be like, I'm going to step away forever. Like, if I'm going to stay owning it and I'm going to be in it, then I just want to make sure to check it. It's going to be good. And who knows? I mean, he even asked me the other day. He's like, how long do you think it's going to be to step away a little bit? Because for him, he's like the business part, so he usually steps it up. He's in it for a while, then he steps out automatically. But um, out of like the day to day. But um, for me, I was like, I don't know, I was thinking like five years minimum. And then he was like, 
really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, this is my business. Like, yeah. It's my it's only baby. thing. Yeah. It's my only thing. I always tell him, I'm like, Eamon, this is our baby. <laughs> and then he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So this might be an easy layup to the next question, but what advice do you have for those like early pastry chefs? Because there's a lot of culinary school students that listen to the show and beginning line cooks that work with pastry chefs that are just starting. Um, I mean, I consider you a veteran. You're like at that point where you're opening your own thing. What, what do you, what would you have to say to someone who's just starting out? Um, or something you wish you knew starting out? Well, I'm so, I'm actually curious about you. Yeah. You went to culinary school. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what do you feel about culinary school? Do you recommend it to people? Totally. Uh, I get the question a lot. Mm-hmm. I got a ton of value from it only because I had only like uh, maybe like a year prior to that of experience. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, I need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need I need to have the not only the thing on my resume, but the confidence of having the experience. Um, I got a ton of networking opportunities as well from culinary school like I don't think I would have gotten into per se if I didn't go to CIA yeah with the experience that I had um or any of the other stages I got in New York City but that was my only focus was only going to three Michelin star restaurants so it's like that was an easy in right it was like how do you put a price on that is you know could I have gotten into per se without going to CIA maybe um but that's my thing is that it depends on what you're like. I feel fully that my culinary school sets you up to be a ho- great hotel chef, mm-hmm. and if that's what you want, great. But if it's like if you want to be the sous chef of a one Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, it might not set you up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's so much about like what you make it, right? Like yeah, if you go in and exactly. you, you can just coast through culinary school just totally fine, and then get spit out the other side, and you have this thing on on your on your resume that says you're a culinary school graduate, but that doesn't mean shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to answer that question because it's so on an individual individual basis. Um, I prefer to answer those questions when I know a little bit more about what your ambitions are, mm-hmm. and then I feel much more comfortable answering yeah, that question. Exactly. Totally. So for new pastry people, like I always say, I actually just gave an old high school friend some advice because she was in the military and she's like trying to do pastry, and I was like, I, I like just asked a ton of questions like, yeah, what do you want to do? What's your goal? What do you like? It's like, yeah, what do you want to end up doing? And so. I was like, you know what? Don't go to culinary school. Just go out there, put the feelers out. You just want a chill bakery job. You don't need culinary school for that. You can teach that. Like, if you want to do high-end pastries in, like, Vegas, then, yeah, fun go to school. Like, because even then, school won't even touch that that much. But you need that kind of backing because that's what those kind of places look for. But if you're looking at, like, Macrina, I didn't ever look at school anymore after a while. I was like, I just want that ambition, and I want, like, that flexibility and that work ethic. Um... So I think if you have that and you can showcase it in an interview um, or in like your past experiences, then any I think you'd be lucky. Like, they'd be lucky to have you, you know. So for that, I mean, if you want to get into just baking and like bakeries, then just go in there and like do the work, do the shit work, do dishes. Like I mean, most places will kind of do dishes, so be happy about doing dishes. Be happy that you have a job, you know. Be happy that you're in a kitchen. Um, appreciate that little stuff because. I'm, I mean, even me, like, a lot of people think when you become a chef, like, you don't have to do all this stuff, but I'm going to be going in there day in and day out, doing every little thing, mopping the floors, sweeping, 
cleaning out the grease trap that they put in now. Like, you know, you have to go in there, open up, it stinks like shit, and you have to scoop out the, I'm gonna be doing that. Like, that's not, those jobs don't go away once you own a spot, you know? They get worse because you're responsible, you know? You don't have, like, maintenance people coming in, like. And so, just realize that, and I always say, realize that it's um, loving, it's a passion for repetition. That's the huge thing, which kind of, going back to that, um, that's huge, and just, um, do other stuff, you know, there's, I am a big advocate of like, not just having one job, you know, and even if you have a job, it pays the bills, do other stuff, go out and like try new things, and you always have to have your stability, but you should keep your mind open, be that yes person, be striving for more and more and more, like everyone I know that is successful can handle and like maintain or like just prioritize like life and work and everything, and so, I'm, it's shocking to me because I meet people that are like, oh, I have one job and I can't handle doing anything else. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, you know, like, it's, that doesn't work. You know, I had three jobs and I was a Macrina while I was a Macrina, you know, I always did that. And that kind of work ethic is like what you need to make it. You know, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, what's your goal even? I mean, this goes a little off topic, but like, what's your goal? And some people will say money. I just want to make a lot of money. I'm like, mm, don't do this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, even bloggers. And people, sure. You know, like, I always ask that question first when people are trying to get out into doing something new because they think, oh, this grandiose thing. And I'm like, what's your goal? And when it's money, I'm like, just stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think all these people, like, <laughs> like, thought that they were going to make money out of doing this? No. And some people go into it and they do make money. Like, you know, it's new. There's, like, strategies. There's tips on how to get this done. But it's not about it shouldn't be about that it's going to show through I think um, so I don't know other advice that I would give people like pastry people I think so I don't know that's kind of the gist yeah do you have any of those jobs that particularly stuck out that you like those side jobs to Macrina that um, you took something valuable away from or was it just kind of like the change of pace and the different kind of like doing repetition but in a different environment with a different thing so I worked at like restaurants right so um and I mean, I even drive for Pagliacci. Like, you know, there's like a lot of, mm-hmm. I'm not one to be like, I'm too good for anything, you know? Like, if it's going to pay the bills, it'll pay the bills. So, uh, what is it? Oh, well, I worked at Mistral, and I worked at Crush. So Mistral was fun because I started as a prep cook even, just doing that. I helped open it, so it was fun watching it open up. Um, but it also taught me that I'm not a night person, and I don't like waiting. So I think these side jobs will really show you a path, because some people will stay in one job and only do that, and then... And then fully switch to another job and realize, oh, maybe I hate this, you know. So I think it's fun to, like, go in to another place, be part-time, see how it is. You can't really fully judge it as a full-time job because your mental game isn't the same. Like, when I do side jobs, it's, like, it's a fun one. It's not my big one, you know. Uh, so recognize that about yourself. Self-awareness is huge, right? So, um, but it's, Mistral was great. I got to work, I got to appreciate really good food. And I also got to work on the line and do like higher end pastries, like prep. But the prep work can be so small. A lot of it's waiting. So, you know, desserts aren't huge in Seattle. So right. It's not this like constant movement. I, everyone hated in the restaurant industry, Seattle Restaurant Week. All the chefs hated it. It was just fucking bust out food, do whatever as fast as possible, you know. Um, but still like trying to, I mean, some places stay true to more with like what the restaurant stands for and other places just had to get it out there, you know. And, um, I think it was interesting because I used to eat at all those. Like, I would hit, like, one every... I 
There was one time I did like out of the fourteen, no, like maybe ten days. I did almost like every single day at a different place. <laughs> it was bad. And so wow. and that was like when it, first, it was when it first came out, and I was super hyped. That's when I was like in the yep. world of like eating everything. <laughs> I don't know how I afforded it back then. Um, but like I love that rush because I love the set of all the plates. I like I like big catering service too because it's fun. Um, so it's a different pace, but. Like, that one's a crush was hard. You know, mm. I was actually signed up to, like, help him open Miller's Guild for his pastry department. And <laughs> crush was hard because there wasn't that much prep work. It was a lot of waiting. You knew the covers ahead of time. There was no spontaneity. Um, there was no rush. There was never a rush. And so that was really hard. I was just waiting down there doing, like, little work, little side work, prep work. But you only can do so much. And I hate... Like, the one part about baking I do not like is waiting. Right. It's waiting for things to cool. It's waiting for this and that. Because to me, it's just so inefficient. Mm. So whenever I plan things, I always plan in the waiting to do other stuff in between, right? That's just normal. Um, so that, for being a pastry chef and not a baker in a bakery, that kills me. Got it. <laughs> so know what you want. Yeah, That's yeah. the biggest thing. Is, and try things out. I mean, Because that I rounds just, you out. It right? does. And it you gotta know, like, you don't do this for a ton of money. Mm. None, none of us are gonna make that much money in the food industry, I don't think, like, especially when you're first starting. So, at least love what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, at least like it. There's never a perfect job. And recognize that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's always parts about it you're not gonna like, whether it be the politics or just, like, right. the people sometimes. and Or just, like, some parts of the job. You don't like making pies. Still be good as fuck at making pies. Got it. You know, like just because you don't like it doesn't mean you have to be bad at it. Or right. You shouldn't put the same energy into it. Um, but expect that. Yeah. Is there, maybe you've said it already, but is there any piece of advice that you see people give new pastry chefs or culinary school students that you're like, that's wrong? Don't say that. Um, maybe you've said it already. I don't know. I don't talk to that many, like, culinary yeah. school people. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is it's before they even go to school, the expectation. So I, I don't see people, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't really give, see people giving advice, but I just, it's this bubble that's bursting already, right? Culinary school bubble. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> There's schools closing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, my school's already closed. Mm-hmm. And they're getting sued. Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, um, and it's funny because that, I mean, that one, this recent super mm. current event in a way, but um, they said that career services overpromised that they would get these jobs. Mm-hmm. But... Really, the reality is that you just get entry level jobs, and that's the reality. Yeah. Like, yep. And like I said, like we said, <clears throat> if you want that high end, like whatever thing, and the connections, then yeah, go to culinary school. But if not, just like if you're really finding that you can't get a job beca- in like the industry that you want because you haven't gone to school, then yeah, go to school. Mm-hmm. But if not, like you can you can get it. You can wiggle your way in, like just persistence. Put in the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start as whatever, and then switch over, like. I think a lot of people think that they're supposed to just get it exactly what they want right away. Mm-hmm. You know, be flexible. You know, like people want to see that and right. loyal. Right. When they see you hopping around all over the place, like I don't even think that's like a norm anymore. Yeah. You know, like that. Everyone's like, oh, when I first started Macrina, my boss to this day, like she's still my boss or was my boss at Macrina. She was like, just stay here a year mm-hmm. and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both stayed for like nine to yeah, years, yeah. You know, and she's still there, so. But at the same time, because I feel like that's, I just want to make sure that people don't think that they're getting counterintuitive advice from you where it's like, take as many side jobs as you can, but also be loyal, mm-hmm. right? Like be able to demonstrate both, right? Yeah. It's like you, you do have commitment, but it's also like you're willing to try new things. Mm-hmm. And that's 
thing. My side jobs, I was there. I was on the straw for four years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's the difference. Right, right. Um, I mean, Polly, actually, I was, I've been there two years. Mm-hmm. Crush, I was there until they, like, until I decided to take the head pastry chef yep. job. And yep. my queen asked me to just focus on that for now. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up letting me, like, branch out again. But Right. So, um, yeah, sorry. There's like a little piece. No, you're fine. No, of course. Uh, quickie question. Do you have a, what do you eat for breakfast? Me? Yeah. This is a weird thing that I really like eating. (laughs) Everyone thinks I'm gross. But it's tortillas with cheese, like a yellow cheese. And I microwave it. Like a quesadilla. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm gross because they don't like. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's been fun. I mean, I so it's like a limp tortilla. And like the worst part is, if I really am like trying to go all out, I actually use Kraft Singles. Oh man! I know. Oh man! But I don't let myself buy Kraft Singles that often, but when I do, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is what I grew up eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my perfect like quick snack. But mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, I don't really eat breakfast that often, honestly. Thank you for making it this far on the show. Leave me a comment or tweet at me if you're listening to this. I will send you one of one of these, one of these right in the rain books. I posted this on Instagram the other day. I'm partnering with these guys for a video, but I have a ton of their stuff and I want to reward you folks that listen this far into the podcast. So comment or tweet at me what your biggest takeaway was. And the first two people to do that, that are also part of probably the notification squad, will get one of these notebooks. I'll ship one of these out to you as a thank you. Uh, I want to make sure that you go ahead and follow me, Kim, as well on Instagram. She told me she prefers if you follow the Raised Donuts account. If you're into small business or coffee or donuts, definitely recommend that account to get get a little bit more of that into your life. But if you want, if you are a pastry chef and you want to get in touch with me, uh, I linked up her personal Instagram down below as well. So you can go say hi. Go ahead and check out justincona.com slash podcast. I have a handy dandy button there where you can go ahead and Get a heads up on what the schedule is and get your questions answered and then I'll feature you on the show. Huge thanks to everyone supporting on Patreon that make this show possible. I couldn't do it without you folks. My name is Justin Kana. Have a good one.